0: Let's um, start by um, putting some thanks out there to our supporters. Uh, and this year we've got Aegon, Barnet-Waddingham, Just, MG Wealth, Novia, Parmenian, Timeline and Transact. Great to have them on board for this year. And I'd also like to say a big thank you to Rathbones, who've been with us for the last couple of years, and Seven am. who've been with us since day one. That's 10 years. Um, so a massive thank you from all of us for everything you've done, and we look forward to working with you again uh, in the future. If you're new to these events or new to Crowdcast, um, somewhere on your screen, there'll be a little link to say, follow us. Um, It'd be great if you can do that, and we can let you know what's going on and when we're going live and all those kind of things. These are very relaxed and interactive events. Um, So you'll see on the right-hand side of the screen, there's a chat room. And funnily enough, you can chat inside there. Um, there's also an area to ask a question if you want to send that direct in to me. So please feel free to you know add comments, you know share ideas, thoughts, ask questions, answer them, um, whatever you want to do. Um, and we'll keep an eye on those as we go and bring them up at the most appropriate time. This is being recorded uh, and a replay will be available um, on our website pretty soon after. So if you want to come back and watch it again, and hey, why wouldn't you? Um, a couple of notices of future events. Um, if you like this kind of personal development and self improvement stuff, and why wouldn't you? Um, boy, have we got something for you on the twelfth of May. We've got our personal development power ups for power planners. A lot of Ps inside there, um, which is being hosted by today's host, um, Becca. Um, and we'll pop a link in the chat room now. If you haven't signed up for that yet, then you can do that on the website now. That's the twelfth of May. Plus. We're announcing an online assembly on the consequences of the CGT and dividend allowance changes that came up in the budget before Christmas, and that's with Les Cameron, friend of the assembly from MG Wealth, at one o'clock on Wednesday, the eighth of February. Now, that's not live on our website and won't be there for another day or two, but exclusively, exclusively, if I can say that for everybody here, we're going to pop a link into the booking page uh, in the chat room right now, so you can go ahead and save your spot. And if you want to think about CGT and dividend allowances and bond taxation and how to plan for that in current tax year, new tax year, that's the place to go. So there you go, I've done my housekeeping bits now. I'm going to take a back seat now and hand over to Becca, who's going to be our host for the day. Becca.
1: Thank you very much. Thank you very much for inviting me um, to be here with you all today. So um, why am I here? Well, some of you might have seen me at the big day out last year, um, but essentially what I do, I've got kind of two working lives one is as operations director at Emery Little, which is a financial planning firm. Um, I have been a power planner. I've been a power planning team leader um, before moving into the ops role. So I know your world is one thing um, and the other. as Alongside that, I do all sorts of things, running workshops for people like uh, um, the assembly and next gen, but also um, for different financial planning and power planning businesses, uh, really, because I believe that people perform best when they think at their best. So the way I facilitate everything I do uses a framework called the Thinking Environment, um, which really focuses on supporting individuals and groups to do their very best thinking. Emery Little now uses the Thinking Environment across the board in all of our meetings and interactions, and it's honestly been transformational. So what I wanted to say is we're going to I'm going to host this uh, conversation in a Thinking Environment today, in a, as a way to kind of demonstrate to you that that this is a very practical way of running meetings slightly differently, getting input from everybody. So um, just, I guess, bear that in mind as as something maybe you can take away for your own teams. So back to today. well tax year end it's traditionally a pretty stressful time isn't it with deadlines that clients just can't miss Um, and as para planners you end up managing priorities obviously but also anxieties and often you can get stuck between the anxieties of planners and clients and others in your team as well as kind of managing your own anxieties with, with growing workloads so the question today really is how can we use lessons from previous years to continually improve and as I say, we're going to conduct this conversation in a thinking environment, which means that we're going to think on each question that I, I pose to the group, we'll think in rounds. So everybody will get the opportunity to contribute, you'll hear from everybody. And that includes those of you watching. So uh, Richard is going to keep an eye on the chat. And essentially through him, you're going to have your own seats at our table. So if you've got any thoughts or questions or comments on anything that we're talking about, please do pop it in chat. And when we come around to Richard's turn, he'll kind of contribute um, on your behalf. So uh, everybody here, including those of you watching, has kind of got a seat at the table. So without further ado, um, I'd love to just invite everybody to introduce themselves. Um, I think it's quite helpful to get a bit of context as to where you're, where you're speaking from. So, um, if you could just um, introduce yourself, as your name, your role, um, are you in house or outsourced, um, and the size of team you work in? So, which of our lovely power would like to start?
2: I can start. Thanks, Jo. Um, I'm Jo, I'm an outsourced power planner um, working for Navigators, and as um, a team of one, two, three, four, five. Six, seven, seven of us, eight maybe. Eight. Okay, yes, thank
3: you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm—we're remotely based, so um, the main office is in Salisbury, but I'm actually in the south. I'm in Devon. So, that's me.
4: Thank you. Shall I go next? I work with Joe, but in Salisbury. Um, so yes, I also work for um, Navigators. Um, I've been power planning for about um, two and a half years, but prior to that, I spent well, I've spent 20 years plus in the financial services industry uh, with a provider hat on um, and now a power planning hat on. So uh, that's been quite interesting. Um, but yeah, the seven of us in our team, um, we're all, although we work remotely, we're all very close. And um, yeah, it's really nice to be here. Thank you for having me.
3: Hello, I'm Zoe. I work for Crow Financial Planning. I'm the power planning manager. Um, I manage a team of 11 in-house power planners, and I'm also an active power planner myself. Me, um,
5: I'm Satu. I work with Becca, Emily, really Saul. Um, in-house, we got five of us in a team. Which I had.
0: Hi, I'm I'm Richard. I work in a team of five. Um, outsourced power planning. Um, and uh, I've been doing that for over twenty years now. So, getting a bit old in the tooth. Um, just a couple of things in in the chat. Sorry to jump in. People are having some issues with sort of vision and sound. Um. See, the old turn it off and turn it on again thing. Um, just refresh your browser. If you're not using Chrome, please use Chrome because that is the best way to go. Edge just about as well. So run, um, and we'll keep on supporting via the assembly bot in the chat. So Becca, sorry about that.
1: No, that's fine, that's fine. Okay, so, well, let's get cracking then. Um, the first question, it's always quite good to look back before we look forward. So what went well for you at tax year end last year? Any any
2: of you is welcome to start and then we'll follow the, the order that we set out before we pen uh, on. Um can I start by all oh, means. I think um last year what, what went really well um is it just showed me um just how much of a team that we were. Is yes, it was really, really hard going and everything, but we worked so well together and like you it was like every day was like a we went in to work. Um, obviously, and it was just like it it wasn't didn't feel as stressful as possibly it should be in looking at the amount of work that we had to do because you just sort of like felt that everyone was working together towards the same thing. And I think for me, that's what went really well last year because just seeing the amount of work that we had and how we just sort of like got through it with a smile on our faces. Well, I had a smile on my face anyway, that might have been another reason. But yeah, yeah, for me, that's what went well last year.
0: Uh, We've not had much in the chat yet. So I'll throw a few things in from our experience and our team uh, on that one. So um, I'd echo what Joe said. I mean, it's, you know, we we work really well together as a team. Um, We actually had a decent plan um, this this year, well, last year for tax year end. because I'm not the best at planning, but um, Claire who helps um, with, with that, well, does all the planning really. Um, we agreed as a team that we'd avoid holidays as much as possible in March. Um, and we agreed not to take on any new clients um, in February and March, which I've been guilty of for the previous years, which is not a very good idea. Um, and we also offered the chance to do overtime um, to the team. Um, and some would really want to do that, and some didn't, but that all helped a lot to fill a little bit, little bit more in control than we have done in previous years, um, which was really good.
4: I think I'd echo what you've both said, to be honest. Um, yeah, preparation and having a plan, I think, is is the key. Um, you know, like Joe said, we've, you know, although we're not all power planners, um, navigators, we use, make use of, um, you know, other team members to gather information and do things that, you know, they can help with. So they might not be able to write the reports, but, you know, they can certainly help out with other things. Um, and yeah, just being prepared, knowing providers' deadlines in advance, um, and I think for me personally, uh, my experience is for the provider side is the rush comes later. So, you know, end of March, beginning of April, we were absolutely mental with providers, whereas because we're outsourced and because we're doing the report writing, our rush was ever so slightly earlier. So I actually got my head around this year. The rush is at a different time <laughs> and they need to be more prepared earlier, not have an exam booked um, or a deadline for coursework on the mm-hmm. 1st of April. <laughs>
3: I do apologise because, sorry, my sound dropped for a minute and I, I jumped in a bit too soon. That's OK. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so a similar thing, uh, we, we have an all-hands-on-deck approach. Um, we have, half of my team um, usually focuses on the annual reviews, but at tax year ends, we all come together to help with the suitability reports. We also have a bit of a unwritten policy around holidays so that that's, uh, that's manageable, that nobody takes big blocks of holidays. Um, as a manager, it's good for me to know which of the cases are the sensitive cases and to flag them and manage expectations um, with the uh, consultants. And one thing we've also been quite proactive about this time is to write out and our... We'll review time to say, when we meet, we're going to have these conversations about ISIS, in the hope that they do them earlier in the year. (laughs) Um, But yeah, uh, again, uh, with you, Jo, I think uh, my team comes together really well, and it's that kind of team bonding experience of we're all in it together that actually really helps. Thanks. Um,
5: Yeah, I thought we were very prepared starting in January, um, running the list and having a look. Um, also, I think like throughout the year, we, where possible, we were trying to do ISIS early. So I didn't really think it was, um, I don't know, massive rush. I think we were sort of done all our all our letters on a power planning side, um, probably three weeks before end of deadline. So I thought that was a huge win.
1: Definitely. (laughs) Thank you. Anything been put in the chat,
0: Richard? Anybody want to? Yeah, that? so um, one in the chat, one that's come direct to me, so Alison said that she, she found giving a couple of advisors who aren't all that organised a gentle nudge about six weeks ahead of um, kind of deadlines to make sure they get their cases in in good time. Um, and that's all about managing expectations and trying to avoid that last minute rush. That That's a really good point, I think. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes, um, well, I've never met a paraplanner that isn't organised. Um, so we we tend to be the people that do kind of, Gently nudge and conjole um, some advisors to make sure that they get things done um, at the right times. So that's a really good tip. And I've had a question come in as well, um, which was of oh, another one as well, actually. Um one was around how do you work overtime. And the second question was around what do you do when everything is urgent?
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let's come back. That second one, um, let's come back to it a bit later on, I think. We'll um but yeah, I mean, perhaps does does anybody have any particular um, comments on on overtime? How how do you work overtime within um, within your businesses? Perhaps Richard, as you brought that one up.
0: Yeah, so so we we had a bit of a kind of an ad hoc approach to that um, prior to becoming a bit more organised last year. But we we went up to the team saying right. We know what's coming. Um, You know, does anybody want to do any overtime uh, in the run up to tax year? And made it completely optional. It's not a case of saying everyone's got to do it. And made it completely optional. And also making sure that, Got to be aware of well-being for, for the team as well. You don't want everyone working stupid hours because that's not good for anybody. So we offered out to the team uh and then those that said yeah they'd like to do it we just said well okay what would you like to do What would you like to do it how do we structure it we then built that into our workflow so when we were booking in cases we knew when when space was available uh and we tried to make sure if people were working you know at a time when nobody else was working say at a weekend the cases they got were self-contained so they didn't need to maybe refer to anybody else. Um, that's how we did it and, and it worked really well for us.
1: Anybody
2: else got any thoughts? We had we had a similar setup to what Richard's just um, said is that we sort of like had a an untold thing about like prefer not to take holiday in like the couple of months surrounding tax year end, and again there was like if if you can do some extra hours that's fine and it's how you you know what you would like to do it's not a it's not it wasn't a requirement as such mm-hmm. it was just like if if you would like to then it's available like on, on the run up to and when it was getting very busy um, and then but then it's, it's just what you can do isn't it really to preserve your um <laughs> to preserve <Okay>. your health <laughs> yeah not every hour but yeah
1: definitely i think that team well-being point is really important to to kind of keep that balance isn't it mm,
2: yes yeah.
1: <laughs> okay so um We've thought about what went well last year there must have been challenges very few tax year ends pass without challenges so um just again going back in into our round um what was a challenge for you in your team's um, last tax year end what did you find was a challenge
3: um well i'm happy to go first this time um so our challenges um was i think the same as always at tax year end we have um, so many loss even when we tried to prepare for them and um, and like somebody commented that everything's urgent. Um, I think um, we haven't actually got a policy on people engaging at tax year end, so sometimes we have great big reports to deal with at the same time as the smaller ones, and it's just how, how we deal with that. whether um we focus and try and get a big holistic report out or whether we divide it in half and deal with the advice that's tax UN sensitive insensitive and then do a further report later down the line which isn't ideal but um we have got some some things in place for for if it all goes uh, a bit mad um yeah i think um i think that that's the main the main difficulty actually we don't um offer over time. So that's a bit of an issue for us. Uh, but we do have the agile working policy. And I'm aware that my team do work over and above the hours to get uh, the the work done. And they just know that at a time when it's less busy, they can take some of that time back. So I think that's important to communicate as well.
2: Um, I think one of the challenges we have, and I think, it's, well, I, I don't know, but um, it's because we're outsourced. Is we don't know what's coming. So we're only know when the case has arrived, when it kind of like pops up onto, um, or we get an email for it. So it's like you can prepare so much in advance of sort of what cases are going to be. But then you can, um, I think, remember one occasion where we were like looking at the cases gradually going down and patting ourselves on the back for doing brilliantly and then sort of like oh this is suddenly a couple of cases come in sort of like last minute but we don't have as much can have that much control over when the sort of the cases do come to us because we're outsourced so that was a particular challenge and maybe learning not to congratulate myself so early in the process maybe April the 7th would be a better day to to say yeah well done. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'd echo what, what you said. So we're outsourced as well. and We have no control um, over what's going to come into us and when it comes into us, although we we did get better at uh, the whole communication and managing expectations. Um, and we we um, did have a few kind of automated messages just explaining that we're a little bit, um, you know, under the cosh at the moment, so things might take a bit longer um, than they do. Um, but we've also got being outsourced you've got the extra dimension that sometimes the advisors get their clients while well, the clients come to them at the very last minute despite uh, the advisors trying to educate them that needs to be done in advance and richard said in the chat room about sorting out isis throughout the year sometimes clients just just don't don't respond to that so you get the client doing the last minute thing and the advisor has to send it to us last minute thing so um it's it's the lack of predictability for us um as to exactly what's going to come in and when
4: definitely i think um to jump in i think yeah i'll totally echo what you have both said and that you know we do try and communicate with advisors in advance and you know ask them what cases they might have coming but like richard said there's always the unpredictability of the clients or you know a last minute thing and you know where we work with several companies where kind of their overflow for you know so when they're busy we get their overflow so then we get all the overflow <laughs> um but it's yeah i think another thing we found last year was um and going back to richard's point about overtime as well is um cases coming in that are incomplete or missing information um, so we put in a new process now where we sort of do like a initial assessment to make sure everything's there so if you are working on it out of hours you know you can't just pick up the phone to Aviva and check something because they're closed so uh, yes yeah, so and that's kind of been a learning point for us in that we've you know we've learned that we need to actually assess things as they come in um, but that was a particular challenge last year I found with we continually sort of picking up cases couldn't complete it right well to the next case I oh, can't complete that so um, that's that's been a, a good learning point and i think the other thing i just wanted to say very quickly is that just remembering that everyone was stressed so you you know you ring providers and everyone's busy so you ring providers are on hold for 20 minutes they're not you know they're not just painting their nails or doing the crosswords you know they're busy too <laughs> so it is a challenge that you might have to sit on hold for 20 minutes because you haven't got 20 minutes but then you can always mm-hmm. use that time to do something else while you're on hold um and just having that mindset of you know we're all in this together even the providers um Yes, it's a challenge that I can't get the information immediately, but um, you know, we'll get there in the end. <laughs> um I
5: I think for us, um God, the thoughts just just literally escaped. Um, I was thinking sort of after the tax year tends to be an issue. Is the reports that go on hold um, to allow for the ISA letters and all of that, so we tend to hit the sort of Larger numbers in May, which takes some time to clean up, and and then you are go into old cases, so that's not ideal. Um, last minute dot coms, you just don't have the headspace to pick them up, so you kind of got to be really um, conscious of sort of stopping and focusing what you're doing. And and I, I don't know. I think personally as well, you're an autopilot. You you know if you're writing your hundredth ISA letter it tends to be that you're just not taking it any in anymore so that i think is a challenge that i'm quite conscious of
1: i think that's a really interesting point on the kind of does keeping that focus on attention to detail when you've just written a hundred letters that very similar you know it's quite perhaps a hundred an exaggeration but i I think that's that's that definitely um is a thing so i'm really curious about this idea of um because i've only ever been internal I've only ever worked within a financial planning business and that difference between you know there's managing um financial planners who you work with day in and day out and you know making sure that they know when you know your deadlines are and all of that kind of stuff but I, I hadn't really hadn't ever really thought about that outsource um that difference in the outsource relationship where you're kind of at the mercy of so yeah really interested to hear how you guys um handle that has anything else come up in the in the
0: chat about that Richard yeah there's just a few um sort of related comments um Becca said it was a really great help last year not to have to do homeschooling. Um, that (laughs) had to happen the two years (laughs) before that. Um, I would echo that one definitely. Uh, Tamara said that they established the provider's deadlines as soon as they're available Um, and they mark up tax year end cases and where possible they've got the advisors to step in and help with some reports and the client servicing team have helped as much as possible with kind of back-end admin as well, um, which is really good. And we've got a couple of questions that have come in for the outsourced people amongst us. So I'm going to fire these at Joe and Kez first of all. And I'm happy to answer as well afterwards. So first one is um outsource power planners, do you charge a premium for late advice or rush jobs?
4: I wish we did, but no. <laughs> no not. Sadly not.
0: No, I mean we're we're the same. We don't. Although we we have um where someone's asked us to do something a bit like that and we still let one of the team is going to have to do overtime for this um so therefore we're gonna we're gonna charge a bit more for it to cover our additional cost for that than we do. but when when we're running overtime just because we know the capacity is coming and it's part of our normal workload then no we we just keep our fees exactly the same for that you know it's, it's a kind of that's just part of what we do um oh more questions coming in um okay this one might be a difficult one to answer so what would an industry average charge per job be and are there any tools applications you could recommend for a beginner power planner that's a great question dd um so um i'm not sure um if that's your name or not but anyway dd um I, i'm going to suggest maybe we, we don't answer that here because we, we've got quite a bit about outsource power planning already and we're going to do some work on that as well or you can always contact me direct i'm happy to fix up a call and, and talk through that so um but thanks for asking the questions Didi. Mm-hmm.
1: I guess one part of that, the um, tools or applications, are, are there any kind of that you, um, for a beginner power planner, are there any that you just think, obviously apart from being a member of the Power Planners Assembly, which you obviously recommend first off, um, anything that kind of springs to mind for anybody that you've um, that you've been using recently that you just think is is invaluable.
3: Um. I was going to say as a go-to i do like the proof advisor website there's uh calculators and there's a uh, it's really good information hub basically that's that's my go-to i think as well quilter has some calculators and things on there which is also really helpful
2: i think we use um we use a system i won't mention what it was but it does kind of come up like so that we everyone the whole team has got all their cases on it so we can see it as like a, almost like a whiteboard mm-hmm. um, which is useful because then you can sort of see who needs who's really busy who needs maybe needs some help and what stage all the reports are at, at just and it's, because it's on one page it's very very useful just to be able to see how things are moving mm-hmm. and it also which we particularly like and enjoy is it so allows you to put emojis next to reports. So if for example, it's I don't know, a 20 plan transfer, then it does get a little monster next to it. And then you <laughs> can also identify the year end tax year end cases, because they have like a, I can't remember, it was like a little um, egg timer on it mm. to so say yeah. that, you know, that needs to be done. So that's, that was quite useful tool, especially last year. Definitely.
0: We've we've got a similar situation. Um, We we use a tool called Pipe Drive, um, which we've adapted a bit for what we do. (laughs) A few nods there, Um, which is basically a Kanban board. So um, all the cases, we've got a six-stage process for, for our service and all the cases go in there. Um, and it's great because you can slice and dice the data however you want to again there's a calendar and you can see who's busy who's who's not so busy who's going crazy uh, what cases are late or a bit behind so it's great from a, a bird's eye point of view but you can also drill down into that in a lot of lot of detail we use the red flashing light emoji for urgent cases but we haven't got the monster <laughs> one so I'm, I'm going to adopt <laughs> that <so>. <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry. Sorry.
4: Sorry think any kind of visual thing for us certainly as a team I think a visual thing of like Joe said the kind of whiteboard um, in the own pipe drive is what we use um, <laughs> and so yeah just any kind of workflow system that you've got just to so you know where you're at you know if, if you're working on your own um, just having a kind of workflow system for your own sanity of where things are at I think is, is invaluable um, but in terms of sort of software and things it's it's very personal to the to the business and the individual, isn't it? So, um mm. you yeah, know, I love happy, happy analytics, but I know others are available. So, you know, <laughs> it's, a, it's a very personal thing, isn't it? So, Sato, anything from
1: you before
5: you move on? Um, no, I was feeling a bit gutted about our back office system and no emojis whatsoever. So, I kind of got stuck with that. Um, the pro MNG is definitely one. Um and Quilter, I would use that, Um, and in terms of, I mean, I was thinking ISIS on technical, but anything on the pension side, um, I find standard life advisor zone is quite um, clearly written and quite a handy go-to place for looking up anything. Mm -hmm.
1: Thank you. So I suppose uh, leading on from that, um, we've talked about what went well off here, what was a challenge. So what did you learn? What did last tax year teach you? Um, were there any kind of big lessons that you you as a team learned or you as an individual? Um, and we'll go back into our round for, for this one. So whoever would like to start.
2: I'll go
4: first then. (laughs) Um, I think what I learned is to do one thing at a time. (laughs) Um, I tend to get drawn into, I'm I'm sure this isn't just me, when there is so much going on, and there's so many emails, and there's so many new cases, and there's so much going on that everyone is chasing. Um, Yeah, just remembering to try and just focus on one thing at a time, get that done, finish, move on, Um, rather than trying to keep all the plates uh, spinning at the same time. I think my other thing that i learned was just to if there's any sort of project work or anything like that get it done beforehand or park it until afterwards um you know it it is all-encompassing tax year ends so yeah just kind of managing my family's expectations as well so knowing that you know richard quite rightly said we have a kind of whole unofficial holiday Uh, not ban but you know you wouldn't take two weeks off a taxi rent for example Um, but yeah just managing my family's expectations in that I'm gonna be very busy and (laughs) the door shut (laughs) don't come in (laughs) and uh, yeah I will need a little bit of time just to unwind and you know have a bath or ten minutes peace or whatever Um, yeah just a bit of self-care but not also being unrealistic with that in that I'm not going to have time to go on a spa weekend, which is what I'd like to. <laughs> um, yeah, just being realistic. I think just being realistic, and yeah, I'll leave everything else because I don't want to cover everything. But <laughs> I think just talking to one another, communicating, mm. is definitely key.
3: Mm. Um, yeah. I think,
5: yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> am I am I on the wrong place and around? <laughs> I think. It- slightly changed at some point, <laughs> yeah. I Um Well, I- I'm talking now, so I'll <laughs> just go. Cool. Um, I-, I think for us, is sort of uh, the para-planning, like I said, the stuff seems to come in earlier, um, and we kind of just blow through that, and I-, I think I'm quite guilty of them forgetting that it hits our administrators, and, and then they'll be stressed, so it's that wave of, stress through the business for a prolonged period of time, is not, I think we're quite lucky that we have moved away a few years gone now in terms of having any last minute dot coms, like there was days where last day of the taxi or somebody would run into Fidelity offices or something mm-hmm. that hasn't happened for a long time. Um, I think the biggest thing that we have done this year and I wasn't, I have talked about this as a, as an idea and a dream for a long time is like not have an end of tax year, like have it May if we're going to have it not March or April sort of a thing. And I didn't think it was possible. And we actually started our end of tax year planning in October. And I've just kind of, obviously, in preparation of this, I, I was asking for a numbers. And I think we have like 10 on a list and it's January. and. So I kind of think the learnings of that sort of team stress collectively and how it trickles and actually the fact that you can do something about it, especially obviously appreciating in-house and we've just got that control of the planners. Um, having those conversations, talking about the urgent cases, what is actually urgent? Is it just client wanting to get things done? But it is taxi and sensitive. So I think as a, as a company, we are really good having those conversations, and it's just building on what we have in place, and just just yeah, prioritising in what needs and just bring it bring it to me. And I think a couple of years, and we'll be there. Cool. So we
1: should come to you now. <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, well, I've got a couple of things. I think being proactive about uh, the providers' cut off dates. I think somebody mentioned that earlier, and I think that is really important. Um, and also I think a lot of providers will say you can do a last minute electronic payment, but it's also the pay, the paperwork that goes with that. And we've had a lot of issues around the postal strikes and the delays, and I'm just really conscious of that this year. So we're going to be right on it with making sure that we're everything we that it has to be posted goes out the door early. Um, and the other thing I was uh, thinking about and, and, and Kez mentioned, Really, is about well-being again. I think it is a busy time, but it's really, really important to take some time out, a block out a lunch hour, and just go away, go for a walk, go and watch the telly for an hour, just to take yourself away from it and come back refreshed and, and, and ready to go again with a with a clear time to do that. To be honest, that's really really important. I think.
2: I think Adeco just about what everyone else has said. Um, I think when we finished last tax year, we kind of unofficially sort of went through what we did last year, what went well. And we've just had sort of like kind of um where we've dissected what we were doing and just know, sort of informally sort of said what annoyed us during when it was so busy and just sort of like have a look at them. Why did it annoy us and what we could do? So we have put, put some sort of like systems in place just to sort of like improve on those areas. And they're only little tiny little changes, but it's just sort of surprising. I mean, for example, one thing is maybe is we send more messages to advisors, giving some ideas of timescales and whereabouts a report is, for example. And that cuts down on chasers. So that gives us more time because we're not sort of like, we're not responding to chasers. So it's only like little kind of tweaks to things, but it's just like those tweaks are just creating more time for when... We're super busy it just sort of like um just builds on what we had but again i'd also echo about the well-being and it's it's good we we made such a such a good teamwork last year and you just came out feeling quite positive and you just know that going into this one i know where you have a little meeting each morning it's only a short meeting but you're just checking in you can see how everyone is and you just know that when i'm checking in that everyone's going to be looking checking that i'm not had some sort of breakdown during the evening or the <laughs> night or in the morning and everyone is just there checked in got a smile on their face and kind of ready to start the day and that's i think what we will kind of build on for this year as well and right. sorry sorry richard oh,
0: sorry Georgie, carry on
2: and um what was excellent as well as in the previous year we got um got chocolate brownie sent to us in the post and that really does work <laughs> <laughs> little things.
0: I was just thinking, it depends what time Easter is. That sometimes <laughs> there's plenty of chocolate around, sometimes there's not. Um, just, um, I'll come to some chat room stuff in a second. Um, but one thing that I really learned was actually having a plan is a good idea, because um, that's not been my default way of working in the past. So I'm um, having people around. That actually really good at that kind of stuff um, helps a lot. Um, I think somebody mentioned about focus, um, and one thing that that I adopted last year and I keep going is trying to time block and, and build out focus time. And I know some of the some of our team like to do that as well. So right, okay, I'm going deep for the next four hours. Um, I'm turning everything off. You know, if you need me, there's an emergency red button. Um, but you know that that's what to do. And and so respecting that that time um, is is really good as well. Um, just in the chat. Um, Alistair said that um, when she's super busy, she spends a lot of time muttering to herself that she can only do what you can do. Uh, getting wound up about the volume of work doesn't help get it done, it just makes you more stressed. Um, I, I think that's a really good idea. Um, all of our team work on our own. Um, Uh, from home or just just from an office but there's nobody else around so having that um kind of checking we do a check-in as well joe every morning we do a quick Mm -hmm. team call um but we've also got like a virtual water cooler chat room where if you want to let off steam or have a rant about something and have someone sympathize you can go in there and do all that kind of thing um which works very well um becca said it helps to just take things one report at a time um, she finds PipeDrive really useful as well, so you can see in each column what's on, what's coming up, um, as well as making your own lists as well. Um, so there's quite a few common themes emerging there in the chat.
1: Definitely. So, yeah, there's a couple of things that are coming up for me. So I think the the well-being point is really important is we've, we've adopted a bit of a mantra that rest is a prerequisite for good work, not a reward for it. And that kind of just getting away from your desk, as you described, Zoe, whether it's going out for a walk or, you know, whatever it is that kind of makes you go right just not going to think about that for the next hour um, actually means you come back fresher and you know, linking to Sati's point earlier of that that attention to detail making sure that you still got that you know as a power planner you can't afford to let that go can you like that's it's, it's vital and so I think that learning that rest is is just essential to kind of keep that quality of work up when the quantity of it when the kind of throughput gets so high the other thing that um, just occurred to me was that So something, I guess it wasn't necessarily a learning from last year, but something that we've been gradually putting in place and and just goes back to, I think it was Kez that made the point earlier of checking a report when it lands, like making sure you've got all of the information there and then. Because this um, this uh, the idea of context switching and how much when you're moving from one thing to another, mm-hmm. how much time and, and brain power you lose. And so if you're kind of starting a job and then realizing that you can't finish it, and then having to switch to something else, and then going back to that other thing, like that actually is a is a massive time drain. And so I think one that's something that we've learned as well, and you know, building into the process that you know you always don't start writing a report um, until everything's there, until everything's in place. Um, so yeah. Yeah, i think that was a, a big learning for us but probably a few years ago um now and yeah it's just getting everybody into good habits isn't it cool so that's what we've learned so what are you specifically taking with you into this tax year end so of all of that what you learned from last year what are you taking with you into this tax year end
2: um i'm i gonna... I'm taking it gonna be positive and it's like to build on that it's like not to get annoyed when you don't get through to the provider or not to get annoyed if you haven't got the information or something comes in late or like that because I found it kind of drains my energy drains how I'm feeling and it is and if I'm if I'm feeling happier, I'm just I'm just working so much better, so um, getting being more productive. So I'm going to do that, and I'm also because um, Richard was saying about this focus time as well is I am trying to really focus, <laughs> really sort of like put that into place where it's just right. I'm going into a focus mode. I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to just do this one report and just work through my pl- my list of things I have for the day and not have too big a list because that doesn't make you feel very good at the end of the day either.
0: <laughs> yeah, i am I'll come back to one thing that's come up in a question actually, but um, I'm definitely taking in and embracing the whole having a decent plan for tax year end, whereas last year I kind of, oh, you know, let's try it. Um, it really does work, so I'm actually really excited about that um, and also knowing that, that we we can deal with most things. And we had like a mini-tax year end in November and December. It just went absolutely bonkers for us. I don't know why. Um, but but we got through that one, um, w- which was good. And also, uh, what I'm taking to this tax year end is just improving even further the communications um, between us and in our case, our clients or, you know, parapherners and their advisors, uh, just to start that, that kind of line of thinking going. And, and the earlier you can prepare or preempt any potential issues, um, the better you can deal with it. Um, do you want me to throw the thing from the question in? Or do you want to come back in a minute, up? Yeah,
1: I'll come back to you after everyone else has, has um, commented on this question, actually.
4: Okay. That's okay. Um, I think the thing I'll take with me is because um, of all the changes in the um, autumn statement, not the budget, um, <laughs> is to really brush up on my sort of technical knowledge so that I find because I'm fairly new to power planning. I double check everything and triple check everything because I kind of doubt my own um, knowledge sometimes. And I think I'm just going to make sure that ahead of tax year end, I've been to this seminar that you mentioned, Richard, that sounds excellent. Um, you know, I know that everything is fresh in my head. I know all the new allowances. I know everything that's going on. So it will just be second nature and I don't have to keep second guessing myself and, you know, oh, do I know that what's happening there? Just making sure that my technical knowledge in the areas that we're likely to be addressing at tax year end. So like pension contributions and you know the, all the um, changes to cgt um dividend tax changes etc so all of that is absolutely 100 percent fresh in my head so that i don't have to keep second guessing myself and making sure that i've got it right and
3: um. So for me, I'm thinking, well, even just on this call, I'm listening and thinking, I quite like the idea of the automated message or at least something on the bottom of the email that says, oh, this is a really busy time for us. Um, Also, um, when we're talking about checklists, we have also got a checklist to make sure that everything is in place before the report starts. But I don't know, we just seem to really be very soft and we don't take a firm line on it and i think perhaps i need to manage the expectations of the consultants that unless we've got it's not that much it's really obvious things that you need for a report so unless you've got that essential information that one's going to be put to the back of the queue i think we need to be a bit stronger in, in pushing back to make sure that we can actually do our job the most efficient way that we can and that's to have all the information up front um, and one other thing I was thinking, I and mean, Joe was saying about patting, patting herself on the back and bigging everyone up. And actually, I think it'd be really nice to put in a celebration for after tax year ends where we can all get together. I mean, my team's remote, but we can still get together over teams and have a, a remote party or, or something like we did in lockdown. So just something to look forward to. Saturday.
5: I'm worried now where I'm going around. Um, um it, it's it's more. I, I guess I'm quite excited to see how. Um, starting the planning in October. How does how does how does that impact the sort of administration pressure? Um, I think there's loads of stuff that I uh, we we sort of want to start looking and kind of making things more regular. Like doing the isotope up just automatically every year, you know, kind of what can we do there, just tweaking the process, having the letter templates ready for the next tax year so that then when it comes during the next next year that is in then updating the templates. Um, I guess I was interested, Zoe's comment about pushing back for information and that kind of in-house, out-house, power planning element i just thought well i absolutely would and i do <laughs> so i'm thinking like why would you not? you sort of I, you know it wouldn't work in-house on uh, incomplete files so i'm kind of thinking if you and i guess like our relationship with the outsourcing where we work with the power planners you know i kind of we've set with our team that you know you wouldn't work on a case If you didn't have it then we're not sending it out without all of it and perhaps a bit more because it's just not efficient so i think absolutely yes (laughs) pushback
1: cool Um, i just thought i'd just skip back to that question that somebody asked earlier um, which this is the case at the end of tax year so what do you do when everything is urgent so do you have any kind of top tips when like everything on your plate is urgent, you can't obviously prioritise things, you know, what what do you do? I'll, I'll jump in
4: there. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, so going back to what Joe said earlier, we have a you know, morning meeting and every morning we look at, not every single case, but you know, we sort of go through our priorities for the day and obviously sometimes they change. Um, but yeah, I think it's just sharing out the workload. You know, if we've all got, one person's got, you know, Four things due on one day, and the other person has, you know, four things due four days later. Then you know we'd we'd redistribute the workload, um, or ask people to help with gathering information. Um, goes back to communication again, doesn't it, to manage advisors' expectations? I guess in that you know if you can see ahead of time, then it's not going to happen. Um, you know which case is actually urgent (laughs) you know which case is going to have consequences if it doesn't happen or which case is just the client really wants to get that done um yeah it's 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 a really hard juggling act i definitely don't have it right um but for me personally if i was looking at my queue um today and everything was urgent for tomorrow i would hope ahead of time i would have realized that (laughs) and asked for help a bit earlier um but had i not asked for help earlier and it had all come in last minute or something like that then you know i know that i can rely on my Team, our team, you know, we would all help each other. We'd all do our best to just try and get as much done as possible and, yeah, just prioritize the cases where there will be actual sort of consequences. Um, mm. <laughs> and, yeah, perhaps manage your expectations on the cases where there wouldn't be consequences for not doing it. Mm. It's a really good question, though. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah i was going to say um along similar lines actually um again talking to the consultant sense uh, that communication there that we have got on um to manage the expectations with the client that actually our usual service standards are going to be extended as well and that uh, um if we have got any last minutes then we're going to struggle and then hopefully, if the consultants can help us as well, because at the end of the day, especially the more simple cases, there's no reason why they can't step up and do an ISA top up. I mean, we, we get things as well. We get people wanting to do EIS as well at the end of the day. tax year. And that's you know all the cases. that Everybody can get, get involved, really. So it's just keeping the communication going.
2: I think, I think I'd echo the communication element. I'm, um, we'd sort of like when we receive a case, we'll immediately do an assessment, and that kind of covers um, checking that we've got all the information that and that it is ready to start. Um, we'll give a a guideline as as to when the target date is going to be. But I mean, if we've had one company that sent in several cases, then we it, that would be a case of just let's pick up the phone and speak to someone and say which you've sent us six on one day, for example. What order do you want us to do those in? And if some of them aren't, like, essentially tax year end, then maybe we'll sort of like negotiate and say they will fall in just a little bit afterwards. Um, all advisors know that it's tax year end, and if the case isn't a tax year end case, for example, then there's, you know, you'll say yes, well, we'll do it as soon as we can, but they do know it's a busy time of year. And I think sometimes just speaking to people kind of like, is um, there's a good way forward.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll kind of add a bit to that. I, I think um, communication is key here. If you know something's going to slip, you know, let people know as soon as you can. Don't wait until the day it's due or something like that. That That's um, not going to help you at all. Um, I also find there's two types of urgent. Um, you've got internal urgent and external urgent. So internal urgent is just when maybe our plan's broken down or something's happened. So it's not the advisor's fault; it's kind of on our fault. Uh, and that that's where planning and communications comes in really key. And then you've got the, the kind of the external urgent, where you know I've come across in 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 time gone by that you know some our advisors were sending like six cases. Um, we're, and said, so well, I've got you know, six in the queue already, here's another urgent one. And so my standard response to that one is, okay, which one of your existing cases goes to the back of the queue then? Um, and that that's often quite a good kind of focus point um, for the advisor to understand that one. And also just on, on the incomplete case thing, we've got a seven working day turnaround as our service level agreement with our, our advisors. Um, that clock starts ticking when we've got what we need to start doing our job. Um, and that's a motivation to send us a, a complete case um, when we get going, which which does work. Sati.
5: Um, yeah, I I did think like Richard, there's different type of urgent. It could be client just wanting something because they just want it. Um I'll, yes, no, it's it's kind of I, I think we've we've been quite good in my mind having the conversations about urgent stuff so it doesn't really no something lands as a truly urgent is urgent but there is isn't massive stuff well, I think we developed kind of allergy to urgent cases so we had a conversation and I, I yeah I don't think it's it's really a thing now. Um so it is just about conversations really around what it really actually is. So that seems to seem to have worked for us.
4: Can I just, sorry, sorry, I just thought of something else that that, that Sati just prompted me, is that sometimes we'll split cases as well. So if we get something in and it's a complete pension restructure, it's protection, it's this, it's that, and there's an ICER and a pension top up, Mm -hmm. then we quite often get the ICER and the pension top up done first, that's crucial. The rest of it can wait until after tax year end. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's happened on occasions before as well. But again, this is all to do with communicating with the advisor and just saying, you know, we can absolutely get the tax year end stuff done for you. but yeah, your whole research and, uh, you know, restructuring everything piece might need to be done in, you know, after the after the deadline. And, you know, I think historically they've been pretty receptive to that as well, so.
3: Yeah,
1: that makes sense, makes sense. Uh, Richard, we've probably got time for one more question if there's one coming in before we, um before we're yep. closing
0: round so is oh, i've, I've got a i'm going to squeeze a couple in because i'm greedy like that and someone's put chocolate brownies in the chat room that's distracted me now <laughs> um so amy's come up with something which i'm thinking why didn't i think of that because it's so simple and so brilliant um ask for help um which is great so you know move cases or jobs around the team where there is capacity that that's a brilliant uh tip that one in fact we kind of we do that anyway, but that's such a good tip there from Amy, which is great. Um, DeeDee's asked, what would be the bare minimum for a complete file? That, again, is probably, we haven't got time for that now. If you do email us, so I'll send you our case submission checklist that we use in our team. So you're more than happy to have a look at that one. And the one question I had a little while ago was around well-being. Uh, I'm going to paraphrase this. It's quite long. It's basically saying, I like the idea of well-being. How does that work practically, though? <laughs>
1: that's a big question. That's a big question. Um, so yeah, let's let's have a quick round on that one. Um, what, what thoughts? What
5: thoughts does anybody got? Shall I start? So I go in the right place and um, get a dog. That helps. Um, a lunch break, absolutely. I i found it absolutely mind-blowingly. We're having a a walk with the dog, an hour lunch every day. It happens, and that's definitely definitely helped stick to your working hours. That helps. Um, Don't work at the weekends. No overtime. Ban on overtime. (laughs) Helps. And nobody's died yet.
1: I've lost track of it now because
4: um, well. Ke- i think was not... me next door yes it was wasn't it um yeah for me funny enough, Joan and I were having a conversation before the um before the school and sort of saying you know we plan all these things of oh yeah go out for a walk at lunchtime and things like that and you know realistically um where i work from home there's always something at home that distracts me and i don't end up going out for a walk at lunchtime. <laughs> um but i think for me i just I literally my minimum is to <laughs> go into another room shut the door and just listen to some music for 10, 15 minutes through my headphones. I just, for some reason, that just really calms me down. Um, yeah, i just just yeah, in a sort of environment where no one's talking to me. No computers, no distractions, no nothing. Literally 15 minutes of music will set me up for then dealing with everything else that's going on in life.
3: Yeah, I think um, it's important for me to actually block out that time. Otherwise, I won't take it. Um, I find that when I'm working from home with my husband, we'll match our lunch hours together and take that time together so that we definitely take it. And then when I'm working from home and he's not here, and my phone rings and I realize I haven't actually walked away from my desk, <laughs> I, you suddenly think, oh, actually, no, I, I, I do need to still take that time. Um, but the other thing for me is I'm better in the morning. I'm just better in the morning. By, by half past four, my brain's foggy. foggy. Um, so just at this really busy time of year, just to make a concerted effort to go to bed a bit earlier and get up a bit earlier, just so that I'm fresh and I can start a bit earlier. It doesn't necessarily mean going above my hours, but just so that I can get um, the best out of myself at, at the best time. <laughs>
2: um totally agree with what Zoe said is that I'm a morning person and I think part of well-being as well is recognizing myself and what makes me again my own well-being so um you have this yeah I need to go out for a walk at lunchtime but it doesn't work for me so and then I sort of think oh I haven't been out for a walk or I haven't done this and then you sort of like become more negative yourself so I start early that's my best time and if I need to fit more in than like for tax year end then I'll we'll start earlier again go to bed earlier the night before but then i go for a walk after work because that's when I'm down so it's like I might be at odds <laughs> with the general advice, but it's what it's what suits me, and it's what knowing how i how I work my best my best time is in the morning, and then sort of like I leave maybe um, some of the bitty work till the afternoon because that's when my um or late afternoon was my brain starting to fade away, mm-hmm. and I have music on as well. I like to have a bit of music in the background. <laughs> so um, yeah, looking after yourself.
0: I'll go with the music. I have um, a very weird electro dance music playlist on Spotify <laughs> that, that tunes my brain quite nicely when I'm doing very complicated stuff. Just- Anyway, I, going to, I was going to share a couple of things that we do, at a team rather than individual mm. that, that have kind of helped them, I mean, as well as the benefits package we've got. Um, we've, everyone in the team's got access to a kind of counselling service um, that was particularly helpful during lockdown, all that kind of stuff. So someone's feeling particularly stressed, either because of work or, or outside work, whatever, they've all got access to that. It's completely anonymous. You know, we just get a bill, basically, that they, they've all got access to that if they want to use that kind of thing. Um, flexibility around time um, so that that's really important and, and you know all of our team know that they're all trusted and they're all responsible so if they want to go off and do something and come back and whatever that's really important especially around tax year end and realize that there is life outside of tax year end um, so don't don't let that go by the wayside and we also have everybody in our team's got what we call a perk bank um, so they get few hundred pounds a year um, to spend on whatever they like. Um, So in texture, if they want to get a takeaway because they don't want to cook tonight or they want to get a big box of chocolate arrive, they just order it on the perk bank and it turns up. And sometimes that helps just um, make you feel a bit good about things. So um, that's a couple of little things that we do in our team
1: cool it's a it's a very personal thing isn't it i'm just picking up on joe's point you know some of us are morning people some of us are you know more afternoon people it and and you've got to find a, a well-being routine that works for you but i think the important thing is to just be aware of it um and to look after yourself through through these busy times so um we've just got a few minutes left so i'd love to just ask we always bring um a thinking environment meeting to a close with a closing round and we try to make it an appreciative closing round. So I'd love to just ask you all, what have you appreciated or valued about today's conversation? Um, and I'll, I'll open that up. So if you've um, if you've got anything to add from um, those of you watching, and you want to put it in the chat, then we'd love to hear from you. So yeah, what have you appreciated or valued about our conversation today?
0: I'm happy to start on that one. Um, just. Um, from a personal point of view, I know how hard it is for people to come on and do this. Um, so the the fact that you know the four of you have come on and been really um, eloquent and open uh, about the issues and the learnings you've had, I really appreciate that today. Um, and also, it makes me think, I'm not alone. <laughs> so everyone else is going through it as well. So, thank you very much.
2: <laughs> thank you. What I was just saying, is that it's um, it's good to see that there's there's other people around that's um, going through the same things, as you say, and sort of like just hearing from Zoe saying that she's an early morning person, because I often feel when I kind of switch the system on very, very early in the morning, you're the only person in the world working, but there are other people there at the same time. So yeah, there are other people doing the same thing.
4: Yeah, I think just talking has made me appreciate even more, you know, our team and, you know, as someone's, um, someone said, um, you know, asking for help. I, I'm appreciative that I can ask for help and I, I will get that help, you know. Um, we will appreciate, you know, not just within our business, but within the industry that we're all very, very busy. And, you know, we're all just trying to get through it together, I guess. So, um, yeah, I just feel appreciative that, you know, help is out there. And as Jo said earlier, we will still all we'll stay positive And, you know, with that positive attitude, we'll all get through it, so. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I'm very grateful to join the session. Actually, it's the first time I've done anything like this. And uh, I was very nervous, but everyone's so lovely. And um, it's just really nice to meet new people and talk about our shared experiences. And, uh, and, and I've written down a whole load of tips as well. So um, yeah, very grateful. Thank you. <laughs> um, I I guess I really appreciate the, um,
5: the differences in house and out house. I hadn't hadn't kind of thought about that before obviously for obvious reasons but it is really useful though because we use outsource um, services as well so just sort of having that knowledge of the different pressures and a bit of yeah understanding of that has definitely been useful so thank you
1: thank you all very much really appreciated just being with you and hearing all of your experiences thank you for sharing so openly um, hopefully you'll see some of you at the power-up session in may um anything from you richard before
0: we get just a couple of closing statements we'll pop the links in the chat room again for again the power-up session in may so if you like this kind of thing um, and you want more of it 12th of May, and also we'll pop a link in there for the session on bonds and GIs and that kind of stuff. Um, don't forget the Big Tent is on our website. You can carry on the conversation there. Um, a massive thank you um, from all of us at the Assembly to Becca, Satu, Kez, Joe and Zoe for, for volunteering and doing such a perfect job. And if you can all stay on when, when I hit a big red stop button, that'd be really good. Um, and a final thank you to our supporters. That's our friends at Aegon, Barnet, Waddingham, Just, MG Wealth, Novia, Parmenian, Timeline and Transact.